0: Return, O virgin daughter of Israel, to these your highways by which you went. Welcome to Reunion Roadmap, a place to discover the people and communities along the highway of restoration for Israel's House of Joseph. Reunion Roadmap is a B'nai Yosef North America production. Be our guest for the next hour as we meet the people of the emerging House of Joseph here in North America.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Reunion Roadmap with Al McCarn and Stefania Pappas. We are so pleased to bring you once again a look into this emerging House of Joseph or House of Joseph here on North America. And Stefania, today we are actually talking to someone connected with the House of Joseph who's native to this continent. Who's our guest?
0: Our guests are... Justin and Laura McCullough, they have been involved with, in fact, it's only recently, I think, Justin had found out the extent of his indigenous heritage, but they are now getting involved with reconciliation with the Cherokee Nation, and that's what this interview will be all about, and they'll be talking about that, and Justin and I have known each other for a while. We worked at the same place together. I don't know if that's when we first met, but it's kind of interesting how when the father, when we're talking about relationships that are based on faith that form, you sometimes it just kind of melds into this whole scheme that the Father has for us, and you, kind of, you can't even remember if that was really the time that you first met.
1: And it sounds like you all have been connected for quite a while. The interview with Justin and Laura McCulloch takes us into a realm we haven't investigated yet on the Reunion Roadmap, and that is, for one thing, the Hebraic connection of the First Nations people on this continent. Justin will talk a little bit about that. Uh, He will explain his Cherokee heritage and also, interestingly enough, Chippewa, which he just recently found out. Do you know any of the details of how he learned of his Chippewa heritage?
0: I'm not sure, and I didn't spend time enough to go into details and ask him about how that discovery actually came about, but I think it was... uh, it could have been through, he works with Chief Joseph Wiverens. It might have been through, I think it was through, now I remember, it was through a family member. A family member where uh, some of that h- had been hidden and emerged. If if my memory is right, that's what he was saying.
1: Well, I'm not surprised to hear that that's the basic outline of how it happened. The reason that it's important to pay attention to what's going on with the First Nations people is there's an awakening happening here. and Their awakening to their identity and to the stewardship role that they have always had on this land is key to the restoration of everything. The restoration of the house of Yosef and the completion of the covenant nation of Israel, it is all connected. We're going to see some of that today, but what we're going to learn from Justin and Laura in these next two weeks, because once again, it's a big story. We've split it into two parts. Specifically, focuses on what happened to the native peoples of the southeastern United States in the 1830s when they were deported through what is known as the Trail of Tears, taken from their lands in Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, Alabama, moved to Oklahoma. And the Cherokee Nation suffered greatly from that. So, the Trail of Tears was to the native peoples of the southeast as horrendous as the Shoah or the Holocaust to the Jewish people. And that's something that Chief Joseph Riverwind and his wife, Dr. Laura Lynn, and Justin and Laura McCulloch now are trying to help the body of Messiah understand so that we can at last receive healing, all of us, and move forward in what our Messiah wants to do to build his kingdom. So let's move on to Ella J. Georgia and meet the McCullochs.
0: Hello, this is Safania Pappas for Bonnails of North America. I'm communications director. We are entering into the interview portion of Reunion Roadmap. And with me is a couple, Justin and Laura McCullough. And they have a very interesting area of ministry that they're involved with, and that's dealing with indigenous people. And they have some things that were going on here in the area of North Georgia that we are at. And I just want them to start talking about this, and it, it's really a message that needs to be heard. And they did have a meeting at a church in, in Woodstock. It was uh, just just a little while ago here, and a Sunday night that was dealing with uh, reconciliation with Indigenous people here in North America. And if you could share with our listeners about that, first introduce yourselves, and then go into talking about that particular meeting and what you're doing in that
2: regard. Well, hi, my name is Justin McCullough. This is my wife, Laura McCullough. You know, this is something very, very dear and, and on, on our hearts. We felt to to do this, to, to be involved with, and um, one reason why this is such a, a, a big deal for me is because um, of my heritage. I'm, I'm Cherokee and also um, Chippewa, and we just found that out last week, actually. So that was that was really... <laughs> Interesting, you know, just to find out you know about my family and in looking deeper and 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 seeing all the amazing things that comes out of that, so yeah, I'll let my wife talk also.
3: I just wanted to um clarify just Justin had just said that he found out last week, and Justin has known for the entirety of of our walk. With Messiah, that that he was Cherokee, um, but the, his heritage was hidden. His family had hidden the nature of their First Nations blood, and just last week he had the addition of the information that, in fact, a larger portion of his heritage is is Chippewa, and that's really significant in the the current ministry that the Father has turned our eyes toward of reconciliation. Each of us as believers is peeling back layers of identity. We, we come to a revelation of who we are in Christ. Often people come through a, a walk in the church and then you peel back the layers of, well, I'm not my denomination. I'm a child of God. I'm a bond servant. And what does that mean? And then they have a revelation of, you know, a, a greater understanding of the fullness of the Father's Word and their identity as Israel. And this revealing of who we are as a tribal people, because Israel is a tribal people, is connected to the reconciliation that the Father is bringing forth in the land and with the First Nations people.
2: All right, so we were approached by by a friend of ours, Daphne Swilling, to um, be included and and to help um, bring this.
3: To to bring an awareness of the initiative that she has. Actually, well, it started before this was brought to Georgia. What? The meeting that we had that um, Stefania mentioned, we had a meeting um, to bring the information to the community about what uh, Miss Swilling is attempting to do in the state of Georgia. Some people are aware, but many are not. In, this, in 2014, there was something called the Resolution of Apology that was passed in the state of Tennessee. And what that was was the state of Tennessee apologizing to the Cherokee Nation for the Trail of Tears, for the Indian Removal Act, um, and for the state of Tennessee's part in that. And Miss um, Swilling had it absolutely directly placed on her heart by the father that he wanted the same thing done in the state of Georgia, um, and he's commissioned her to do that work. And we had met uh, Miss Swilling about a decade ago um, with Chief Joseph Riverwind and his wife, Dr. Laurelyn Riverwind, who are um, our spiritual elders, and um, we work with their ministry, Fire Keepers International. Uh, my husband is actually the um, drum keeper for Chief Joseph, and we um, had done some work at the time on uh, revival at uh, Shearer Schoolhouse uh, with the River ones and Miss, Miss Swilling, and she had contacted us and asked for our help. and. The hurdles that are being faced in the state of Georgia, the, the, the reason for the meeting was to bring an awareness to the body of believers of not only the physical challenges, but the spiritual challenges and a, a call to prayer. What we're asking for is that believers be praying over and for this initiative. Because the significance of this is it's it goes far beyond just the state of a Georgia, of Georgia offering an apology or a sincere regret. Um, for the events that occurred with what is most commonly called the Trail of Tears. The significance of this action to bring a, a legislation in the state, House, and Senate, officially stating that it is a legislative body, the state of Georgia recognizes that these things happened. And in essence, biblically, is what we understand is teshuvah, to, to repent to a people that have a generational burden, of harm and trauma resulting from these events because the you know the the nation we have 371 broken treaties with first nations people in this country and and one by one the father is allowing a ministry of reconciliation to go forth that's undoing some of those broken covenants because we know that covenants are deeply important to our father we know that covenants are deeply important to our Messiah, that's, that's what he came to do was to restore Israel to an understanding and a walk within the covenant. And so the actions, so one of the things that had to go before the resolution of apology was something called the uh Resolution, because what that did was it set a precedent, that happened in July of this year of 2018, and that set a precedent for some language in um, the state legislature just acknowledging, because many people are not aware that the, the state of Georgia had no native legislation whatsoever. They had no recognition of the Cherokee Nation, of the Cherokee people. They had no recognition of the of New Echota as the capital of the Cherokee Nation here within the state of Georgia, or the the state's role in the Indian Removal Act. And so uh, the, the New Echota Resolution brought some of those things forward. And then what the the spiritual point, because you can go and you can do some research. You can go on Miss Willing's website and look at, you know, some of the political information, the historical information, which are extremely significant. And that was, that was what the informational meeting was for. But the core of it is bringing repentance to a people with a generational burden of harm. What that does is it, it tills the ground for the seeds of the gospel. It sets up the opportunity for First Nations people to accept forgiveness by offering forgiveness.
2: One of the greatest things to come out of this, this, this apology, isn't just the physical presentation of apologizing to the people for this happening, but it's the, the, the spiritual aspect, the, the healing from this. When we look at generational curses, and things that are passed down from our fathers, from our forefathers, these things affect us, and they stay with us unless there is a healing. And what I believe this will do will not only give a healing to to our people, but also the people that were in, involved with this. One one of the one of the things that happened this night, and we had no plan on this happening. Uh, we came with a friend of ours, um, Tanner, and um, he, he's also Native American, and. Um, you know, he's been searching for his family and, and, and looking into his, his past and trying to find out where where his family's from. And um, he's also um, in a worship team with me. So he was led to come, you know, and, and we did this. We we talked about all these things. And we found out that um, the person that, that signed this, that was the president, Andrew Jackson. Tanner is actually related to him. So when he was listening to all this, he had his he was his head was in his hands. He was just come over with strong feeling and just grief, and um, felt in the spirit to ask him to to come up there. And uh, we have no, no, another lady here that was involved, and she says, "Well, why don't you stand in the gap, uh, Tanner, and, and, uh, and apologize for that side of your family, for that act of repentance to happen?" And um, being being Cherokee, I was I was able to stand. For my people, for for my ancestors, and um, accept that apology, and also walk in forgiveness the, the spirit just w- was there in, in that room and, and for something so amazing to happen, is just it, the father's hand is, is is in this, and I believe that um, we'll not just heal the native people, but heal everyone involved and you can walk in freedom to have that that generational curse broken. And and to walk with that light in you is is an amazing thing.
3: Another um, aspect of healing that has the potential to be brought forth in this that that, that we feel strongly about is the healing of our land. Um, the The First Nations people are the stewards to whom Creator gave this land, and we're told in Torah not to move the boundary stones established by our Father and and so. There is a spiritual dominion given to the people to whom Creator assigned a land. And we, you know, we pray and we, we pray for our president and we pray for our legislature and we pray for, you know, all of the Sodom and Gomorrah that we see rampant in our nation. And, you know, we go back and back and back to the scriptures about the healing of our land. And it says, when, when, you know, my people who are called by my name will, will turn to me and will repent, there's an aspect of, repentance and the authority to release forgiveness that involves the first nations people who were stewards of this land that is extremely significant in in bringing forth the fruition of some of those prayers and and uh, we we feel very strongly as you know we know that the, the time grows short that that there's a reconciliation offered to all peoples every tribe and every tongue, every nation. One of the things when John was on the island of Patmos and he was given the vision before the throne and he said, he said that every tribe and every nation was there. He was seeing with his eyes that every tribe and every nation was represented. That means that they maintained an aspect of that identity for him to be able to identify that they were in fact every tribe and every nation and so the the identity that the father's assigned us our heritage it's it's a value it's it's of consequence and and to give recognition and to give honor to to the heritage and to the identity of the, the the people of the tribes in dispersion and to the to be a light to the nations it's it's something that we as believers are called to do and that's the reason that
0: uh, Billy Graham said something prophetically in regard to indigenous people and he said that they are an awakening giant and I think this what you're talking about this reconciliation that in in, in essence uh, those who us who are not indigenous who need to bring that reconciliation we're sort of the igniters of this thing where we pass sort of like a torch so that Our indigenous people here who have been downtrodden and in many ways have been, you know, forsaken and forgotten are now rising up to to be that giant because
2: through reconciliation, could you comment on that? You see a lot of indigenous people broken and not standing together. You see a lot of different areas where people come together, but there's not been a very strong driving force to bring us all together as one people under our God. And I believe if we can get everyone to stand, cause like, it's in, like it says in Scripture, if we just stand, the Father will fight for us. We we have tried to fight our own battles, and it always leads to destruction unless the Father is in it. So I believe with Him leading, bringing us all together as one people, joining together, that we can stand And we can prevail and i believe that if we walk in his spirit and his truth that we can achieve all these things and it has to be from him not in our own understanding but with the father's love and walking in his obedience because really it all comes down if we're obedient to the father and walking in his ways that is the path that is laid out before us each tribe coming together as one it's the strongest way that we can we can do this and achieve this. My family was in the Trail of Tears, and and they were led through Arkansas, and um, it's been so hard to find out where our, our family is because it wasn't talked about. My 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 grandparents did not really mention anything, and it, it was it was really hard. You know, I actually approached my um, my uh, grandpa's uh, sister, and. Um, She's like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll look into this. I've I've been interested. I've always wanted to find out more about the family. It just wasn't talked about, and um, you know, she's like, I'll get back to you. Well, months go by. And I'm like, well, she hasn't gotten back with me. I tried calling, didn't. Well, I finally got back in touch with her, and she said, well, yeah, yeah, I, I looked into it and, and I stopped. And I was like, well, well, why is that? And She's like, well, I I found out I was adopted. And I'm like she's like 80 something. I, I felt really bad. Like, oh, I mean that's, you know. But like, even though that that was probably really hurtful, I I hope she she finds who she is. But I, I really hope the the father leads more people, more more families into looking what their heritage is, you know, because it, it's it's a part of us. It's it's in our blood, and um, you know, I know it's in my blood with 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 the music I do. I I, I do drum music. I I am I'm a, I'm a worship leader. And I play the drum and and just being involved with that being in learning the protocol and and, and what you do it's, it's it's a it's a part of way of, of, of approaching the king because if you're if you're singing for him and you're doing all these things just like like in the temple like and and all of that like there's a certain way the father wants you to do things and 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 learning these things and learning the music and and having that connection with the Father where, where you're praising in, in, in that way. You know, this was was new to me twelve years ago. And coming to, to this walk that we're on and, and learning these things and learning how special and amazing our, our our heritage is. You know, that that needs to be brought more, that that fire needs to be spread and, and as as a fire keeper that is something dear to my heart.
1: Here is the Blessed Blend Chief Joseph and Dr. Laura Lynn Riverwind singing Guide Me, Yehovah, from their album Journeys Through the Mist, available at Firekeepers International.org. <laughs>
4: he she want
5: Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Midrash portion of Reunion Roadmap. This is David Jones from Tampa, Florida, elder down here. And with me is also Barry Phillips. How you doing, brother? I'm well, brother. How you doing? Awesome. We are uh, entering an exciting portion, exciting Midrash this week. You know, if you're on the yearly cycle, um, which is what we do for the Torah, um, what portion we're in at the time of this recording is Vayahi. And, man, I love the story of Yosef. I mean, it just goes to figure, right? I mean, B'nai Yosef, right? Right? But there's so many people who who really don't have any understanding of how this relates to them. And if we can, I was just thinking maybe we can just take a quick fifteen minutes and and just kind of touch on the major point of why this is relevant to people today. And and in order to find where we're here at now and looking towards things we see prophetically and in the future, we need to go back to the beginning. Okay. And and so uh I'm thinking we go back all the way to when Yaakov, also known as Israel, is blessing his grandsons and um Yosef's boys, Ephraim and Manasseh. and there's so much here that we can get into that I mean, this is kind of a, a loaded uh, a thing to try to get in just 15 minutes. What parts do you emphasize? What parts do you not talk about? You know, what parts do right. you talk about? But but my thinking is this. If we can just show a glimpse into why this is prophetic and why this is uh, what the father's desiring and how this is r- relating to today and the people we were at today. Um I think that would be quite an accomplishment sure okay and uh, so if we go all the way back yakov he's about to die and um, uh, joseph brings his boys in to to get a blessing from you know the patriarch right from their grandfather as he's about to pass on and he does something strange he does something uh odd in, in joseph's mind and he blesses the elder or, or the, the younger over the elder and places his right hand on the younger, which was Ephraim. Mm-hmm. And he gives this blessing to Ephraim. Now, the interesting thing about that is, Menashe does not stand up and say, oh, you know, that's my blessing, or you took it from me, or anything like that. Things, other where we've seen elsewhere in the Torah, we don't see that here, which I think is also a clue into uh, these two brothers got along. And I think that's in order for us to walk in what is he, prophetically given here. We need to have that unity there. And um, he says something interesting about Ephraim. He says that he will fill the earth like fish, which is interesting in and of itself. And then he says he will become the filling of the nations. He will fill the nations. Maloha Goim. Now, to make a quick jump, we can go... Uh, into Romans where, where Shaul is talking. He says that uh, blindness and partis happened to Israel until the fullness of the nations return. But do people really know where that is scripturally? Scripturally speaking, this is the blessing that was given to Ephraim. Yes. Who was to go fill the nations and, and was, I mean, the scripture says goim he fills the nations, the fullness of the nations, and here Rav Sha'ul is talking about blindness and part has happened until the filling of the nations comes back and returns. So how does the process happen? How does Ephraim become to be called the nations? And and that's kind of where we're at. I mean, because of disobedience, because of rebellion. Uh, the kingdom was split and divided, northern and southern. The ten tribes in the northern kingdom and the and the, and the two tribes in the southern kingdom, they were ruled by Jeroboam, Rehoboam, and because of disobedience, uh, because of disunity, initially they were split, but then because of disobedience and rebellion and idolatry, the northern kingdom was scattered into all the earth. And And there's so many places other than just right here where this prophecy is throughout the whole Tanakh throughout the Tanakh and in the Brihad Shah There's so many places there that once you start to see this, it's hard to not see it. But how can we start to show this is relative for us now? I mean, there's a lot there to, there's a pick a card, Barry. I mean, where do, where, where, where <laughs> do you want to go with
6: that? Well, you mentioned that he would multiply like fish and then Yeshua came and called men to follow and to become fishers of men. Um, you know, so the the calling of those who follow Yeshua is for the purpose of catching fish. Men who are like fish are the house of Ephraim. Um, he said in Matthew 15, I have not come but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So Yeshua's primary purpose is for our redemption. We've been lost, we've been scattered. Hosea says that uh, those who are called not my people, and those to whom he is uh, Jezreel, you are going to be scattered. Those who are Loruchama, you have no mercy. Uh, he's going to restore the same people. Uh, Yermayahu 3 and 8, he, he cast us off. He divorced us. He gave us a written decree of, of a get but he is going to restore this wayward bride, even as pictured in Gomer and Hosea. The pictures are over and over and over again about those cut off are going to be restored. So if we see our par- ourselves, David, as a part of this restoration, it would be wise on our part to yield to the restoration. Uh, yes, Isaiah, the prophet described the the clay in the potter's hand and uh it was stated that you know the the clay really has no right to say to the potter why have you made me this way it's the the potter is the master and if he's not happy with the the form that the the art is taking it is his right just to splat with his hand the clay down into a flattened piece and rewater it and mold it all over again and start from scratch it's not that he discards the lump of clay but it's it's his to remake and shape according to its purpose yah has a heart and a design for the restoration of this people now whether you and i or anyone in our audience has a legitimate bloodline claim to anything from these fallen hebrews or whether we're brought in Uh, as through the adoption of Yeshua, we're still a part of this restoration. We must like that clay be yielding to his hands. I think our problem has been we have an end result in mind. uh, The kingdom, we're going to live in the kingdom. We're going to be a part of this messianic kingdom that Yeshua is coming and establishing. And we've already in our minds picked out what part of Israel we want to live in. Uh, you know, the certain spot on the gold line or up around the Galil or, you know, I'm going to live in Jerusalem, et cetera. Why not just yield ourselves to him and say, number one, thank you that you made me a part of this. You, you mentioned the two sons of Joseph not arguing about who got the blessing. I think that they were just grateful to be included. You know, they were elevated through this adoption process from grandsons to the status of first generation sons. Yaakov didn't have to do that, and he didn't do it as Yaakov. He did it as Israel. Yaakov, the man, or Israel, the man of the spirit, the man of prophetic calling. It was Israel who, who did this work, just as in the beginning of uh, chapter 49 in this portion. Yaakov, the man's one who calls his sons together. But then it says in verse 2, listen to Israel, your father. This is not just your daddy talking to you. This is your father, Israel, the man of the prophetic nature and calling is getting ready to describe your future generations. I think there needs to be a humbling mindset among the house of Joseph, in that we're saying, Father, thank you that you include me in the restoration. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll be moldable to what image you have in mind for me. I'll speak according to your word and not according to my preferences. I'm going to let down my offenses at those who I feel have wronged me in whatever systems we came out of. I'm not here to stand on my soapbox and blast away that with those that disagree with me. I'm a vessel. Mold me, make me according to your purpose and your image, and I'll speak when you say speak, and I'll hush when you say otherwise. Uh, someone posted on Facebook yesterday. Something about wouldn't it be nice if we could just get away from all of the arguments? And I thought, then stop posting the stuff you post. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I'm about ready to send someone a, a you know i don't I don't want to do it in a thread. I want to send them a private message. You need to stop. You're calling for unity. You're calling for the ceasing of arguments, and you keep baiting people into these these arguments. Stop. Just If you're going to post something, post something edifying, encouraging, admonishing, something that is positive and encouraging, and stop asking questions where you invite a theological argument. We've we've had enough of that. All right. now I'm off my soapbox. Well, you know, one of the traits (laughs) of of, uh, Yosef
5: is – I mean, the name Yosef means to add to and to gather, right? Sure. But then we see how Yosef is put into all the nations, and we – basically we see them being assimilated into all the nations so we become like all the nations now the problem is when you have a whole bunch of different cultures and backgrounds and everything all together and then everyone trying to come back together into one place you're going to have clashes and everyone's going to have no we do it this way no we do it this way no we do it the other way and we need to learn to to be able to see past this and look towards what the father is calling us to much like what you were just saying if we spend all of our time and focus about what we're standing against we're no one's going to know what we're standing for
6: absolutely
5: and we need to learn to be more about what we're standing for and to show the heart of the father and what we're standing for and that will help to gather what we are standing for i mean yeshua said come follow me he didn't say come oppose the forces with me and so we're following him i mean are we not as deem? are we not his disciples but even his disciples had a, a rough patches and rough ways to go because after his crucifixion resurrection i mean peter at some point stands up and says well that's it i'm going fishing he goes back to his old job and then that's when yeshua appears back uh on the shore and tells him to cast the nets on the other side and just giving them a reminder of, guys, I gave you a task to do. I gave you something at hand, which, how many fish did they catch? 153. And I, I'm sure you know this, Barry. But yep. 153, numerically, is the equivalent of the phrase, sons of Elohim. B'nai, b'nai Elohim, yeah. And, and so... He's telling them, uh, "I've I've sent you to be fishers of men, that you will go and gather the lost sheep of the house of Israel." Who he told them to go to? I sent you to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I have come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Caiaphas said, uh, "It is expedient that one man die, but not for this nation only, but also for the sons of God that are scattered all over." Well, who were the sons of God that were scattered all over in the first century? How would they know about this? I mean, this is Ha Elohim, sons of Elohim, which would be all the tribes scattered everywhere. He came to unite us together into one body. But to be one body, um, we have to see that these pieces and parts need to come together, like the dry bones uh, vision kind of thing.
6: Well, you know, y- y- Yako's blessing to y- Yosef is that he would be uh, a branch that would run over a wall. He's going to spread to the nations. Uh, he's going to be located strategically by fountains or by waters. Uh, you know, so we are a multifaceted, ethnic people. Yosef wore a coat of many colors. No one st- colored stripe in that coat is the entire coat. You know, we, we, we're we only one color of the coat, uh, I have a picture in my office, you, David, you can see it over my left shoulder here. Uh, it's a picture of Yeshua wearing a coat, and the colors are the flags of many nations sewn together. Uh, you know, it's, that's, he, He's a multinational tribe. And so if we think that it's all American, <laughs> we're in for a wild awakening. Uh, so let, let Yeshua do his work in us let him mold and melt and create this this new image of a of an individual that has not yet appeared in the earth and uh, we're going to have to make room for each other to do that well and that kind of puts us at our time so
5: uh already i think that's a good place to end you know one new man one one people one nation one king one messiah one lord one savior i mean we're one body so uh um, truly ahad and him.
6: Well Barry, uh, what do you think if people want to get hold of us how can they do that? You can reach us by going to reunion roadmap at the dot com, and please do.
1: The Blessed Blend now sings Morning Star Round Dance from their album, Tribal Thunder, available at firekeepersinternational.org.
4: Yahweh
0: Hello, this is Stefania Pappas, Communications Director of Bneos of North America, and with me is Al McCarn. You just got done hearing the song, The Morning Star Dance by the Blessed Blend, which consists of Chief Joseph Riverwind and Laura Lynn, Dr. Laura Lynn Riverwind.
1: They call themselves the Blessed Blend because even though Chief Joseph and Dr. Laura Lynn both are Native American, First Nations, she is of... Iris and Scott's descent as well. So you'll see on one of their album covers, this blend of native and Celtic, and it's really awesome. The Morning Star Round Dance speaks directly to that message of awakening and unity that seems to be the theme here of this show. What do you think?
0: Very much so. And just talking about how coming together and rectifying a wrong that was done and starting to walk together and unity and giving through proper protocol honor where honor is due.
1: Now we've had the music of the river winds in both segments of this program. We started off listening to them singing Guide Me Yehowa. And as I'm looking at the album, it's written Jehovah like we see in the King James, but they're pronouncing the name Yehoah. And that is a native pronunciation of the sacred yes. name. Safanya, you and I have become aware that the First Nations peoples have a number of connections to what we would consider Hebraisms or Hebrew culture, one of which is being the name of the Almighty God. What is it that they call him universally, whatever the tribe is? What do they call him?
0: Well, sometimes they'll just call him the creator. Yes. And in this case, actually, Yahweh is, is one of the things that the Cherokee would refer to him as.
1: Yes, and that sacred name pronounced that way, or Yahweh, and we heard that in the the second song, Morning Star Round Dance, it's common among the native peoples. So yes. why was it, do you suppose, that European Americans like you and me and our ancestors had such trouble accepting the spiritual nature of these natives?
0: You know, it's kind of interesting when, when we were mentioning about the blessed blend and and the Celtic part, d- depends on where you're standing and who you're talking about in reference to Indigenous people. So if you, I was standing in, in Ireland, I would say, of course, the those Irish that were there to begin with, they are the Indigenous people from that place, and they're very tribal, you'll, you'll find out, like the Scotsmen are even too. And so I think what happens is that people begin to forget where they came from and the Indigenous nature of who they were in their original place. And when they forget that, then they lose sight of the fact that there are those, like now we're talking North America, that are indigenous here. And how can I come to a place to respect that?
1: Exactly. And this fits with the Midrash Barry and David brought us, entitled Yosef and Unity. And it occurs to me, Tifanya, that we are a tribal people from the beginning. Yes. And that's a thing that we are just now beginning to remember and to awaken to. So when you talk about my Scottish and Irish ancestors being a tribal or a clannish people, you're absolutely right. One of the things we can learn from our indigenous brethren is what it means to be part of a tribe and how that does foster a sense of unity, even if we have so many differences.
0: Yes. And you can see that connection with this Midrash where we're dealing with Yosef and how he was thrown into this pit and this betrayal that happened by his brothers. And in, in, in every way, shape, or form, where we're talking about that, we're really all indigenous and tribal people. We literally put our brother into a pit. And now it is our turn to step forward and start that redemption process in regard to our brother so that he can take his place here in North America.
1: When you get down to it, all of us throughout history have been both victims and we have been the guilty, the oppressors, the one who do the afflicted. You know, my ancestors came here from Scotland because the English had broken the power of the clans in the 1700s. The Irish came because the English oppressed them. And what did they do? Well, they found the native peoples here and decided they had better uses for the land than the natives did and became the oppressors. So what you go back far enough in history, you'll find someone in your family line who was terribly victimized and pushed off their land or oppressed. And you'll also find someone who did the same thing to someone else. So if we can heal these wounds with the First Nation peoples here, and go back and, at best we can, make right what was wrong, then I think we have taken a huge step towards seeing this restoration of all Israel, and through it, the redemptive mission that Israel was created to achieve.
0: One thing I had brought up, mentioning about Billy Graham's prophecy about the sleeping giant, and could it be that when we step out and do that redemptive act that we're supposed to do, that we're part of the catalyst to awaken that sleeping giant that Billy Graham was talking about in regard to indigenous people in North America.
1: Again, those are wise words, Stefania, and I think you got a point there. Bring this show to an end now. We are out of time, but we will be back again next week to finish our conversation with the McCullochs and with a new midrash from our elders. So on behalf of Stefania Pappas and Barry Phillips and David Jones, this is Al McCarn saying Shavua
0: Tov. Thank you for joining us on our Union Roadmap, a production of Bene Yosef, North America. Please come back next week for another visit with the people of the Emerging House of Joseph here in North America.